All right, and it looks like everything is set and ready to go. What is going on, everyone? And welcome to the Xbox Roundtable podcast. This is episode number 155, your favorite spot on Sundays to just relax, have a cold one, and listen to our roundup of Xbox news over the past week and so much more from around the gaming industry. Of course, I'm your host, Invader, and we got a lot to cover. Phil Spencer recently did an interview that had a lot of interesting little bits and quotes to read into, and just so much more that was going on. But first, let me introduce tonight's panel, beginning with our guest. He was on the show a few months back, and is very insightful. He's a very positive voice in the gaming community and on the shows that on the shows that he's on please welcome back dreadpool hey man how you been doing oh i've been doing great uh excited to be back and got the whole crew here tonight this time so yeah this is exciting yeah no doubt no doubt uh, yeah again it's great to have you back on dreadpool we've been meaning to get you back on for a while and i just i can't wait to get into our discussion Good stuff. Moving on to the TXR regulars, and I'll start with Centurion. What's new and exciting, brother? Oh, not much, man. It is a. It has been a very quiet Sunday. I am actually ready to talk about some games, Xbox, everything in between. And I finally officially beat Star Wars Squadrons, and I can say that, I, in my opinion, the campaign is officially longer than Battlefront 2. <laughs> oh... Mm-hmm. Definitely, brother. All right, moving down the list here, we got Jeremy. Hey, bud, how are you and your manly beer doing over there in Montana? What's going on? I had to cut it a little bit, man. I was getting too crazy. I'm doing good, Invader. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing good. Doing good, you know. It's yeah, I had a little bit of I had a little bit of time to enjoy the I picked up the Oculus too, which is a fantastic piece of hardware. Um you know, not only is it's more powerful, obviously, it's it's a lot more powerful uh, than the original, but it's also higher resolution. Um, I think it's a whopping. I think it said it was 18, uh, 1832 by nineteen twenty, I believe. But the best aspect of the Oculus is the price, and I'm talking about you know it's starting at two ninety nine. Um, and I think Facebook has finally done it, you know, making it's going to make VR mainstream, I believe, in my opinion. I heard a lot of people are buying it. It's selling well. So it has the it has the main three already it has the affordability, the accessibility and the power. So you can even cook the you, you can even hook this up to your uh, your computer and play all your Steam VR games, uh, you know, just by hooking it up. How many so wires you, are there, if I could ask? Zero wires. Okay. No wires at all. What, so, so what have you played on this so far? Like, have, you tr- have you tried the Half-Life stuff yet? Yeah. That, that half- no, I don't have Half-Life on Steam. I've only played what is on the Oculus itself, the the uh, you know the storefront. But it has some solid titles. Uh, you know that Vader Immortal is is a good is a good game. Uh, and so, and again, it just looks great for no wires. I mean, we're talking high resolution, the powers there. Um, it's, it's just worth it in my opinion. It's now, worth not to keep asking into, questions, yeah. but do you still get the screen door effect on the screen? No, no, you can't, not at so all. you can't, you can't see the pixels in the screen. I can't even see the pixels, the pixels in the screen. Okay. So 
you know, and I think it, the fast, there's going to be an up, uh, an update where it's like 90 hertz. So I think right now it's currently 60, um, but they're going to update it until 90 when that comes out, when there's new software that comes out. And they're doing the same thing uh, they, they're going to do with the, um, you know, the Xbox, uh, the Xbox games that are coming out. Uh, you get a free upgrade. So if you purchase your Oculus 2, it's automatically like a free upgrade, which is pretty cool if you buy the game. So, nice, nice. I might have to yeah. pick that up, man. I don't know. I've been I've been wanting to uh, get into VR, and I think uh, I'm gonna have to uh, buy myself a little gift in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So if you get well. these, it's you get the 64 gigabyte. To me, that's enough. I got the other one, the 256. But if you buy the 64 uh, gigabytes, it's enough to hold you know all kinds of games on it. So if you want to upgrade to um, to the 256, obviously it's going to hold whatever you want on it. Um, the only downside to the Oculus 2 would probably be the battery life. So uh, if the so, battery life is, yeah, the battery life is going to run you anywhere from like uh, two, two to two and a half hours. So no adult content though, right? You haven't checked any of that out. It's just <laughs> strictly, strictly games, right, hey, Jeremy? Strictly right? games, buddy. Right, my gamer buddy? Strictly. Strictly games. I heard from Mag that he was uh, he bought the expansion to it that hooks up to a computer, and yeah. then you can play your Steam games from there. Right. Yeah. Right. That's what I was talking about. You can you can hook it up. Okay. And you know, just but everything's wireless, which again it's great. Oh, so even the connection to it is wireless. Nice. Right. Even the connection. I, th- I thought to it was it a cable. Well. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And Even if you better. want, you can you can have your phone and you can open up the app, and people can watch to what you're you know what you're viewing. So it's you know it's pretty cool in that way. All right. All right. Some pretty good insight there. I've been meaning to check that out. Uh, I'll admit I'm not huge on VR, but hey, you know what? I'll, I'll give it a shot. All right. Moving on down the list, I see that Shockley has uh, joined us. Hey, buddy, how you been the past week? Been pretty good. Uh, this uh, what was it yesterday? We picked up a a new ride, a new uh, Honda CRV. It's really nice. So really excited about that. Um, nice. <laughs> um, yeah, because I don't think I've ever. Yeah, I've never bought it like a SUV type deal. So it's kind of that cool crossover where it's like not some giant excursion, but you know, a decent size where you can go to like IKEA and not have to borrow somebody's truck or SUV. <laughs> so that's cool. Um, but yeah, not, not much. I don't think I, I sold my Sega Saturn for 400. So I got, finally got somebody to buy that. So nice. I, at first I was mad cause he was like, Hey, the audio is washed out. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Cause it's not washed out. Like there's no way. <laughs> um, cause I was like, well shit, what do I do now? Cause I already spent the money to ship it like priority and package. I'm like, so I don't want him to return it. And then he messed up, messed up something. And then. Now I'm like out money, but uh, it, he figured it out. So I was like, cool, because I'm not returning that. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, not much as far as games. Just try to get to these new consoles because there's just or that in Cyberpunk that uh, that they showed off this week that we'll probably get into. So ready, just ready to move on to the next uh, new hardware. Yeah, you got that right, pal. 
All right, going on down here. Tim Dog, hey, you ready to dive into all the Xbox news? Yeah, ready to dive in. Right now, I'm on Oculus 2 uh, TXR app. I can see Jeremy. I can see you. It's pretty cool. It's a really uh, crazy app, you know. can see Jeremy right now. He's eating it. I think he's eating uh, whatever. He's eating on his, something's in his beard. But uh, very happy to be here. <laughs> if, you, if you could see me, that's unfortunate. Yeah, well, this is the uh, this is the porn one. You got the porn TXR. Uh, <laughs> this, this, uh, this is the uh, the 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 nice one, the, the child one. Just can see your face. <laughs> definitely, definitely. All right, and going on down further, Megatron, buddy. I know you've been popping in and out here, but uh, how's your gaming been the past week? It's been good, man. It's good. I got me some rounds in of uh, uh, Destiny 2 as usual. Um, but uh, I'm ready to start the show. I got my drink as usual on hand. I got my big warm blanket around me. I got my fuzzy slippers on. I'm ready to just... It's chilly in, in the East Coast right now, the Northeast. So I'm ready to just, you know, just chill out and um, start the TXR show, man. But, so um, what do you... What do you use for that bald head of yours? Do you have to put like a little beanie on, or no? You know what? I like I like a cool head, bro. So right. hardly I don't I don't wear hats. You know what bugs bugs me is when my ears get cold, and I get that whistling that blows between the ears and my my skull. So yeah, I'll put like the earmuffs on. I'm an earmuff guy. So hardly ever do I wear a hat unless I'm in the sun. Who doesn't so like I'll a good just... pair of muffs? There you go. Damn right. Damn right. <laughs> All right, guys, before we get into the topics, just a reminder that we're on many different podcasting platforms from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and so many others. Definitely check us out on there if you want to take TXR on the go and listen in. As well, keep an eye on the the show chat tonight. We will be giving away an Xbox One game code sometime later on, provided by TXR's own Southbound. So uh, definitely keep an eye on that as the time goes by. I'll... uh, tease it at some point now it's not the division two or anything like that right (laughs) i can tell you uh, i'll keep it as a surprise but whoever uh, ends up getting it definitely let us know what it is and uh, who you are whoever claims it but i can tell you this jeremy it is not the division two it is definitely another game (laughs) it's a digital copy of gears five (laughs) (laughs) all right uh and before we begin we got our first super chat of the night from italian clowns uh thanks brother for uh, the five dollar super chat hey txr what's up downer when are we playing sea of thieves they have pets now Downer's a fraud i'll tell you what we're gonna play some sea of thieves when i get my series x in that 120 frames per second sea of thieves action how about that? Did they actually come out and say it was 120? Did they say that? No, I'm I'm saying it's going to be 120 frames. That's what I'm saying. How come nobody says 90? Is that like a thing? Do you have to go from like, you can't go from 60 to 90? Or is it just 60 to 120? Like all the TV has to match the frame rate. So you're not going to have a 90 and then and then have a, a 60 hertz TV or 120. That's why I think that uh, they don't do 90. Okay. It, it, it's also you're as fast as your slowest component. Mm-hmm. And that's Makes what sense. people. That's what people forget. They think they're going to get all this uh, performance 
when their TV can't even uh, you know handle that kind of performance. It's not even that fast to, to handle it. So how is it supposed to display 120, 90, or any of that stuff? Well, if you upgrade, that's what I mean. Though, well, right? if you like upgrade, if you... but you got to buy a TV for that. Mm-hmm. That's my and plan. That's Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, guys, we'll move on to the first topic of the evening. And a few days ago, Xbox head Phil Spencer did an interview with Kotaku talking about, well, kind of a wide range of things regarding Xbox, various aspects. One big one was about the recent ZeniMax acquisition and if all those big properties associated with them will be exclusive to the Xbox platform. Phil went on to say that, is it possible to recoup a 7.5 billion investment if you don't sell Elder Scrolls 6 on PlayStation. Well, just to sum it all up, yes, that but uh, that was not done to take games away from another player base like that. He went on to say some other things, but honestly, there was some interesting wording from Phil here, but I'm really curious to see what everyone on the panel has to say about Phil's comments. And you know what? I got to start off with our guest, Dreadpool. But based on what Phil said, do you think that this is more like closer to confirmation that games like Fallout 5, Doom 3, or Elder Scrolls 6 will be exclusive to the Xbox ecosystem? Well, yes, but you don't want to actually say that and, and upset everybody. So you, you kind of have to figure that balance where you can communicate. Because I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not buying a car for my wife, right, so my neighbor can drive it. You know what I'm saying? And if you're going to do that, it's going to stay in the ecosystem. It, could, it The whole family can drive it, but not somebody, you know, not the guy down the street that needs a ride and he's he's not driving it. No, sorry. It's staying with the family. So that's that's the way I see it. And, you know, he's also being polite about it. You know, you don't want to offend people. You don't want to uh, start issues that don't arise. You know what I mean? So why would I go down to my neighbor and say, no, you can't have my car when he never asked for it? And that's that's how it seems like a lot of the fanboys are are acting, that it's got to be one way or the other that they well, have to do uh- that neighbor can offer you a ride via Game Pass, and you can just, you know, for a small fee of fifteen dollars a month. But I'm the one that has. I'm the one that has Game Pass. Yeah. Well, that's it so they got to offer me some money. You see what I'm saying? There's yeah. got to be something there for them to do that. Otherwise, it's it's staying right here. It's staying in my driveway or my garage. Now, one of the things he did talk about. Um... He kind of, they mentioned like Nintendo in that interview. It's a very long interview, but he did mention that how, you know, uh, in the future, if something's going to go on a different platform, it has to kind of be a full Xbox experience, you know, uh, putting games to Switch and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I, I think, I don't know what his exact wording was, but basically you know it doesn't it doesn't do much for him um and i think uh moving forward the mindset is like you said uh you know the the xbox ecosystem you referred to that and i think that that's what's really coming to uh to note now because now you have three platforms you have pc you have xbox console and now you have x cloud uh and uh you know, uh, with with the amount of people on that, and the amount of work that that's probably going to do to get everything day one, because that's their plan now, 
is to have every game that they release from first party to be day one on xCloud, PC and Xbox, obviously unified. Um, you know, why would you... I mean, what, what, what's the incentive to, to give it to another platform when you could actually get people back and you can grow your market share back that you lost, quite frankly, in the, in the last generation? Um, so uh, I think uh, the writing's on the wall with this. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's the right business decision, to be honest. I think I, I can't speak for everyone on the panel, but for myself, I think if they had they had made their games day and date on Sony, uh, Bethesda, that's kind of that that's that would turn me the wrong way. Uh, I, 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 I think exclusives matter. And I think that um, being a part of the Xbox ecosystem, um, you know, it, it's good to have exclusives to say that, that that's why you're on the platform. And, and quite frankly, if all their games are going to go to Sony and then Sony has their own system with their own exclusives, uh, it would just give me more incentive to move there. So mm-hmm. I think finally uh, that uh, right now Xbox is the right mindset. You know, me and Jeremy have always talked about the business mindset. I think Phil uh, tried to be uni- universal and he tried to try to try this way like hey we'll give you that maybe you give us back but i think he quickly learned that it's a one-way street and uh now i think uh, uh evil phil or business phil is is um full effect and <laughs> the silent looking, assassin yes he is looking to to uh play to play ball and um i think xbox needs that because you look at, you know, I'm going to end right now, but you look at the whole generation. They, they lost so much last generation yeah. from loyal fans to people that spend a lot of money uh, to the most passionate fans moving over. They lost so much. They can't have that happening. And they got to regain those people. So, Tim, right now there is no reason for Phil to put uh, those games, the ZeniMax deal games, on the PlayStation system. And let me let me give you the case why. Right now, if you were to buy Fallout, you were to buy Sky. I'm just giving you an example. It it would take uh you know sixty dollars, seventy dollars, however much it is. That's four months worth of Game Pass that you can sell somebody. That's fifteen you know fifteen dollars for Game Pass Ultimate. Um, on top of that, you know you can sell that Game Pass and just get people in that way. So. Th- whether you like it or not, you're gonna be you're gonna be in that Xbox ecosystem because if you want to play those games, spend only fifteen dollars for that month to play those those games. Day one, day and date. Why would you need to go out and spend sixty, seventy dollars on the PlayStation? You can get the you can get the best version too uh, if you have a Series X. So um, you know that it's just that's how how it is. I think now it's even more important to get these Series S's uh, at the two ninety nine price tag into these home, into homes, so that way um, you know it's just a cheaper di- uh, different option for for uh, you know just for the average gamer for the for the casual gamer. So Most definitely, man. And you know yeah. what? These games are not going to leave. There's not going to be like, you know, you get a triple A occasionally, you know, like uh, Devil May Cry and it eventually leaves. These are staying here. 
you're paying. You're, they're staying here. They're never going to leave the ecosystem so as long as you're subscribed to Game Pass. But, but you know what? It. Yeah, you know what, Megatron. Though I do think if they are going to offer, if if they are going to offer it to another system, it is going to be the Switch because it's a different experience. You know, you're not you're not going to get the same experience uh, buying. Um, you know, the next uh, Elder Scrolls series or the Elder Scrolls game and buy it on the Switch, it just, you know, you're not going to get the same experience as opposed to if you were buying it on the X, on the Series X. So it makes sense to put it on the Switch. It makes, that's why I think part of the reason why they put Ori 2 on the Switch because it makes sense, not because it's a family-friendly game, not because it's a great game, but because it makes sense on that system. Mm-hmm. Would be nice. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they control the IP, but I think Moon Studios, when it comes to Ori, really wanted uh, that exposure for the IP and, you know, just to generate some more sales, in my opinion. But, I mean, it was interesting that, I mean, the first Ori game was supposed to be the last one, and then they just kind of stealth launched Well of the Wisps onto the Switch. So, I mean, as long as, like, they've kind of stopped doing that now, because I can see them more just focus on their own ecosystem instead of, like, you know, playing around with, like, some stuff on Nintendo's platform. I mean, maybe some stuff made sense. Obviously, you saw, like, Minecraft Steve and a few other characters make their way over to, for example, guest appearing on Smash Brothers recently. But other than that, some guest appearances, I can just see them being more concentrated on their own ecosystem than putting games on other platforms from now on. But. Yeah. yeah. They they also wouldn't have done it, spent $7.5 billion to still be in the same situation of like, hey, Bethesda games are still everywhere. Like, they wouldn't have done that. They could have just done what they did with EA and just signed a deal and like, hey, put your games in Game Pass. For way cheaper. Yeah. In the interview, he would be a lot cheaper. In the interview, he flat. Uh, Phil Spencer flat out said because the guy asked, "Can you recover the seven point five billion without putting some of these titles on PlayStation?" And he said, "Yes." You know, <laughs> the the ecosystem for Microsoft is massive now. Um, mm-hmm. People are definitely not. They are underestimating XCloud and. Definitely, it's going to be very interesting going forward. Uh, you know, if you at least the sources I read and listen to um, are talking about, it's going to start going to software wars where you know we're going to see uh, p- basically people are going to be touting what software is exclusive to their ecosystems, and yep. Microsoft yep. is uh, just got one of the biggest ecosystems in the gaming market. Well, and that's prior to the ZeniMax deal. That's what I was afraid of. I was afraid of these deals going through for for Amazon. I was afraid of these deals going through for Google and Sony that Xbox was going to be left behind. And Tim said it last week, and I said it the week before that, Xbox is now in a position of power to basically where they can dictate and they can pull people in that want to come to Xbox. You know, there's people right now lining up to get in that ecosystem um, they're not they're not lining up to go to Google. They're not lining up to go to Amazon yet. They're lining and they're not even lined up to go to PlayStation right now. They're lined up to do one thing and that's go to the Xbox ecosystem because uh, it just makes sense from a consumer standpoint and a developer and a publisher standpoint. That's where the market is going. Um, I think 
people are seeing that now, and I think just it's a good move by Xbox either way. And then, like we said before, when you think games, I'm not thinking Amazon. I'm not thinking Google. I know there's games out there. I'm going to think Nintendo, Xbox, PlayStation. Mm-hmm. You know, like I like I used the analogy before. You just don't want to sell this 68 Corvette, this exotic, you know, priceless thing to just anyone. You want to have someone that knows what it has, can appreciate it. And, you know, Microsoft already has the infrastructure, you know, with xCloud. And, you know, again, how how else, else are you going to reach all these gamers? You know, how many is it now? Whatever billions of gamers he wants to reach. Everyone has a cell phone. You have streaming. You know, um, it looks real appealing to a lot of different um, developers, you know, so, or publishers now. We're looking at things. You want to look at a bigger pie, you know, slice of it, publishers. So, yeah. And, and right and right now, the way the bandwidths are going with 5G, you can get 5G in a lot of these big cities. And a lot of you have great internet access and, you know, just download speeds and upload speeds right now. And slowly but surely that, you know, whether you're streaming or whether you're playing on console, those lines are starting to fade away. And um, I know you guys have probably tested those the Game Pass on your TV, you know, using your, um, you know, using your controller. And it's almost like, you know, there's hardly any lag. It works well. The resolution's uh, very good on it. It's not bad. It's not, pix- not that pixelated. Even in here on Montana, my xCloud works great. I'm you know, I'm still using 4G LTE, and I'm telling you, my experience in my Razer Kishi, I absolutely love it. And I'm 4G now. I know Tim, you just tweeted out that you're doing 5G now with your Ultra. That how's long? I mean, you're still doing that now. How's that been for you, Tim? Yeah, I tried the uh, 5G, and um, I was very impressed. Um, yeah, it's it, I had the best experience I think I had to date, even over Wi-Fi. Yeah. Uh, I, asked, I had asked a couple of people um, uh, internally, why would that be? Um, you know, I got kind of very answers, but you know, the the fact that that I played on 5G and the way the experience that I got, you know, and I showed it to like my nephews and their friends that had their friends, and everyone's like, no way! Like, this is something that I think in a year or two years. Um, if it's going the way it's going, Xbox is going to have a real uh, advantage here. Um, I think I could see Sony following suit with something of their own. Um, but mm-hmm. just to pick up your phone and, and just put it, dock it, and play it, uh, it's pretty good. It's a really, I would say it's, I would say it's a satisfactory experience. And I've always liked it, but like I said, if it's that, like it's the way I, I got it with the 5G, and I could do that uh, wherever. Um, yeah, that's, you know, that's a big uh, deal to me. Um, right. so and, and, uh, people are going to be playing it. This is the bottom line. It's going to, it's, it's going to come second nature. Yeah. And I think you'll see, you'll start seeing what the new TVs are coming out. You'll see the X cloud, uh, application already built into the, uh, Samsung, uh, devices moving forward, whether it's their phones, whether it's their tablets, and whether it's their TVs now, you know we've they've had that deal for a, lo- a while now. You know the Samsung, Microsoft, or Xbox uh, deal partnership. Sony doesn't have that. Uh, nobody really has that. You know Google Stadia doesn't have that. Um, 
And real quick, also, Sony has it with their own TVs. I think they did some type of streaming, didn't they? Right. With their right. Own. Okay. But, yeah. But there's not a lot of uh, Sony TVs in, across, you know, across the world. It's primarily LG and it's primarily uh, Samsung TVs, you know, that are in the majority of the households and have a bigger market share than everybody else. So they made an early move to, um, you know, to have uh, Samsung devices as their preferred platform. And it just makes a bigger business sense as far as that goes. They're in a better position than any other company. So do you think that the deal with ZeniMax, saying that we knew it took two years since 2018, basically, right? Do we think that that was a hint from Phil saying that, um, you know, uh, Sony isn't our competitor because they were trying to, they were in the process and it was kind of a hint without actually telling us that they were in the process of getting ZeniMax because they didn't want uh, Amazon or Google to grab them and, and, you know, keep it in their ecosystem? Yeah, I think they're going to be really aggressive uh, with the some other deals. You know, we're, we're, we talk about acquisitions and what's coming down the pi- the pipeline. I think they're going to be very aggressive. And when they say uh, Sony's not a competitor, I don't even think it has anything anything to do with the console war, console space. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I think it just has to do with we're so far. It's like a low, you know, it's a a low shot against Sony saying, hey, we're so far, we're thinking so far ahead that it doesn't matter what Sony's do. They're not our competitors. You know, Google. They're also our our, our, um, customer with the Azure. So, you know, if, if we if we don't work together, we could lose this all. And then. Amazon could take off with it, and then Google would soon follow no, once they could, could uh, yeah, keep tripping from over themselves. I don't think there's some that kind of partnership going on. I think Xbox, you know, they, they don't want Sony. Not saying best friends, but yeah. your enemy and my enemy are, you know, right. But I mean, you look Google at it. And just, Amazon are definitely bigger threats for sure because they cuz Microsoft's playing to have like all bases covered PC console and they see they can take a stranglehold in the mobile market when everything starts to go cloud here everybody has 5G in the next you know 5 6 years yeah. people are going to want to use that kind of like they do with Netflix and all of their other media whereas Sony doesn't have a leg in that fight so right. they already know they already once that hits they're going to be like number one go to so as long as they can hold off two juggernauts like with AWS with Amazon and Google, if they hold them out of the market, then they're just sitting there with almost a monopoly. In the yeah. Cloud. And that's the way shock. That's the way I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at it like, you know, if, if Xbox makes one big major, another deal, you know, at this point, can you even say Amazon and Google even have a chance? Yeah. They're, you know, they're probably indirectly, their competitor, but are they really competitors? Uh, yeah, they're going to take up a little market share, just like you know, just like the the mobile industry is is a large portion of the gaming industry right now. Uh, PC is a large portion of the gaming industry now, but again, gaming is so huge and the industry is so massive. There's so much money coming around the gaming industry right now that it's 
the bigger X- than movies. No one's going in the theaters right now. You know, oh, no, nobody's even. <laughs> that was a long time ago. We they used to but talk now about more than ever. Of course, I mean, yeah. but I'm just saying now more than ever. I mean, you yeah. really got to strike while the iron is hot. You know, everyone's everyone's entertainment right now is at home. And like I said yeah. before, my kids are all into this. You know, for my three year old, and they're all playing this game, farming together, and uh, and they're all into it. They're just. It's just what they're doing. You know, I got to peel the controllers out of their hands because I've never seen them like this more than ever because they're, yeah. they're home. And how, how exciting is it to be an Xbox owner right now? I, I was willing to give up, you know, my PlayStation 5 pre-order and just, you know, f- solely focus on Xbox. Now Dude, because... every Monday or Tuesday, I'm just waiting for some news to drop. Like, I'm right. still, like, I so just, long- I'm just... The rumors now, you hear, I'm not going to, you know, it's up to you guys if you want to say about the rumors, but you hear the rumors now of another big publisher acquisition, you know? I yeah. mean, it's just like, who knows, man? I'm just waiting. And you yeah. know, you hear, once you hear Satya speak, and you know where Phil is, I mean, you know, you just like, like, like we said before in prior shows, they're in this. They're in this. Yeah. You know, Google has the money. Amazon has the money. That's why. Those are the, that's the reason why. You know, they want to, you don't want to get that. I think you want to get things in the right hands, the right place, in the right ecosystem. That's why they're not looking at Sony as a competitor. You know, Sony is as far as games, yes, you know, but at the same time, the bigger picture, what they're trying to do with Game Pass, uh, it just all makes sense to me. And even what they're doing some with GameStop. And it's, and you know, it's TVs have more lag than xCloud. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You think about it, it, yeah. But it's not. It's not even with games anymore, Megatron. And people, Sony fan doesn't even know how big that ZeniMax deal was. The Bethesda games, ZeniMax games, sell more than any other PlayStation games on the market. Mm -hmm. I don't care how you spin it. There's more people playing those games and want those games more than any other Sony game on the market. With the exception of maybe like one or two games. I mean, not even, probably one game. And I couldn't even tell you which game that is. Maybe God of War, but um, I'm talking about in terms of revenue and in terms of sales and just everything in general. There is not, there's nothing that Sony can do to match what what Xbox got with ZeniMax. Nothing. Period. The big reason why Microsoft is more concerned with uh, Google and Amazon is because of the implications of these businesses are far reaching beyond uh, gaming. Mm -hmm. We all knew that Amazon and Microsoft were at each other's throats over a deal contract with the government. Mm -hmm. Uh, We all know that Amazon runs a server network that can actually uh, compete, if not be better than the Azure server network. Um, so this is why Microsoft sees them as competition, because these are the companies that push Microsoft to constantly be on their toes and making sure they're putting out the best product that, that they can as a as a global company, not just gaming. Yeah, and that, that's why I don't think that the deal with, that Amazon had with the government wasn't even going to take place, because uh, why would you want to give your, your you know, government whatever it is that they're doing with Microsoft up to Amazon as opposed to Microsoft, which is they have been in the software industry uh, and, you know, the PC and computer industry for a long time. They know what they're doing. They have, you know, with the exception of maybe Apple, they have some of the best minds, you know, the best minds in the world. Did that ever get finalized? I know that that 
it was they they bid it on Microsoft and then well, Microsoft bid it and got the exception, but then like Amazon like took them to court about it or yeah they were trying to yeah it. but once the court thing clears up, it's still going to be Microsoft that's going to uh, you know to have that contract. Now, there's nothing Amazon. Amazon's just delaying that whole thing to be right. honest. I the problem I see with Google and. I've heard this is that they're in the position that Xbox was back in the day when uh, they're they're just considered like gaming portion of Google and you know or you know they're looked as a side project uh, from Google and they're not really getting that much attention because if Google was really serious about it they would have done the Bethesda deal they would have thrown ten billion or whatever they would out. Out, outnumbered uh, Xbox, which they possibly could have. They have that type of money, but the deal that Google needed to make was that Bethesda deal. And you know, um, I don't think, to be honest, why would uh, ZeniMax do that? You know, why would they want well, to go to Google? Thing. The thing yeah. is, is that they, they might not have wanted to do that. Exactly. But money talks. Uh, you know, if if they had offered them. But that's the thing. Like, if Google was really serious about it, yeah. they would be like really, you know, picking up studios left and right and building a, you know, uh, yeah. you know, a big studio farm. But they're not doing that. They're just kind of like saying, "Hey, we're here. Our product's good. We're getting Cyberpunk Day One." Uh, you know, and you know, they're they're just they're gonna get outworked. And uh, uh, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I know there's Stadia fans out there, but, you know, they, they need their exclusive content. I just look at it from, like, if I'm going to sell, I'm, t I'm bringing in the human element. You know what I mean? If I'm someone that wants to sell to a Google, do I know that these employees are going to be taken care of at the end of the day? Is that security going to be there for my employee? Are they going to have jobs within a year or two uh, if they go to Google in that in that infrastructure and that gaming infrastructure the answer to that is who knows you know but the same can't be said about xbox about microsoft so i think that's why the deal with zenimax went through because they have that relationship with xbox already um and you know that everyone's going to be taken know, care of yeah those devs know they also can still sell the the same gamers they've been doing like PC, yeah. they have the PC market. If you want to do console gamers, you have them. And you have, you know, coming up with mobile. So you have all bases covered. So if you just went with Google, you're just in that niche and you're, you know, gaming. And you don't know what changes on. are going to be made. You yeah. Know, basically, it's business yeah. as well, usual. It's, yeah, it's business as usual. And, you know, it's just, uh, they know what it takes. They know what it takes. And again, you got all these other developers, acquisitions, you know, that 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 they, they all speak up and they say so far how great it is to work with Microsoft. So they just let them create, man. So mm -hmm. it looks good. Now, it was definitely a better deal. Just to uh, interrupt a bit, um, just sliding in. Uh, K. Asante with the $5 super chat. Evening, fellas. I am watching you guys from the Quest 2 VR headset. I was just using oh, the nice. uh, the GP nice. app on there, and it's perfect. Huge flat screen Xbox controller, awesome, awesome yeah. stuff. And just off topic, what's cool about it too is you can it's you can virtually go to the movie theater. So they have movies lined up where you can buy a ticket for it, right? 
and just have people sit there and chat and talk while you're watching the movie on the big screen. So it's just it's pretty cool. It's a pretty mm-hmm. cool feature. No, definitely looks pretty cool yeah. to me. I might have to actually look into this. Um now moving on to another section of Phil's interview uh during it there was a discussion about Halo Infinite and whether that they would launch the campaign yeah. and multiplayer separate from each other. Now I came away with the impression on that like they might do it as possibly a last resort kind of a scenario, mm-hmm. but I still think that they want to launch it as a complete package, which I think would be the right thing to do. Uh, what's your guys' take on it? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind it, but I think fans would for sure. Uh, I'm looking forward to the campaign and the multiplayer aspect of Halo. He's already uh, said they weren't going to launch. No, uh, yeah, but I mean, there's the possibility. He's just talking about you know rumors and the possibility. But I think if Halo can go back to its roots, uh, you know, with the awesome campaign uh, and just some of these maps, the multiplayer maps, and it be fast and furious with great gameplay at 120 frames per second, I think Halo is going to set that world on fire again. I really do. Um, you know, regardless what people think about Craig and <laughs> and everything else that brought that, but... Um, but yeah, I think Halo is in a good spot. I'm glad it got delayed because I think now they're just gonna, uh, you're gonna see a way different version. You're gonna see the Series X version that everybody else and everybody was talking about. You're not gonna see some washed down, uh, you know, just Xbox One version of the game. Uh, you're gonna really see it with all its bells and whistles, uh, which is which is encouraging for sure. I- I got into my feelings about that whole Craig thing and watching all the memes <laughs> on Twitter. Like, I was hurt by that because you know what? I am truly a Halo fan. Uh, I, I have to admit, I haven't played it as much as I would like, uh, especially as of recent. Um, I've been more into Destiny, um, yeah. but I was hurt by that, man. I, you know, you know, Halo is a huge franchise. I want, I want, I want them to show some stuff to blow people away and shut them up, man. That's all I want. Man. So, I, so uh, I, I really wanted the mini fridge. You know, yeah. that looked cool to me. There was a well, mini fridge? Hold on, where is this coming from? The Series X that looks, uh, when someone put it in the kitchen and turned it into a refrigerator. <laughs> oh. Dude, I, man, I wanted that I one mean, to go right next to my KFC chicken bucket console. You know, <laughs> you know the one with the chicken warmer tray in it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the whole Craig thing was blown out of proportion, and I think, you know, there was too many armchair devs regarding that. You know, Halo uh, Infinite moved to an open world platform. You know, that's basically what it is. Uh, as far as the polys pushing on it, there's different, you know, it's, you're not going to put all your your polys, uh, in, in, you know, into character, uh, into character uh, development. You're going to put it into the world. So when it's, you know, when it's single player, when it's streamlined, when it's... Um, you know, you don't have that open world element, then you can have, you know, this massive detailed worlds or, uh, you know, better looking worlds as opposed to something that was open world. So I hear you. Yeah. So are they going to announce anything new? I mean, is there any I mean, I've seen some rumors, but have they officially announced that they were going to like show something different, in a, a, you know, in the uh, next few weeks or nothing? Nothing official, but I heard at the end of the month that can change. But I... Tim, you know something? Hmm? You want to spill no. that tea? 
said that though. I, I think that um, listen, listen. They had a bad showing the first one. I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, uh, yeah, it did have technical difficulties, um, like popping and and certain things that shouldn't have been there. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. I think a lot of, of the Bethesda deal really is taking a lot of heat off of, uh, or is taking a lot of pressure <laughs> off of Halo yeah. being the next thing. Yeah. Yep. You know? So I think that now they can breathe, and you can, you know, uh, I, I personally think they should come with the multiplayer and the single player day uh, day one, whenever that is. 4K 60 with ray tracing, which is which is a pretty. Uh, impressive feat if that's that's indeed what happens um you know uh you know most of the games right now are with ray tracing of 4k 30 or a little bit less but um yeah i think people are uh, are really kind of like they kind of uh you know think that it's going to be this bad game and it's going to look like crap i don't think that's going to be the case i really still have no. you know uh i really still have a lot of confidence that the game is going to do well, and it's going to be fun, and we're going to have a lot of things. It might not be 92 Metacritic or, you know, be up there with, with where it, I think people were saying it needed to be because of, of, of the, the, the situation with the studios. But now that, you, like I said, now you have the Bethesda deal, you know Starfield's coming, you know Wolfenstein 3's coming. doesn't matter. You can have, like, a, a game and just, you know, just finally no pressure and just do your thing. And uh, I, I kind of feel like it's going to be a, a, a it's going to impress us, and that's what I'm how, hoping for. How how's Matt Moody handling this? You know, I asked him on he was on stage, and I asked him about acquisitions, and they're going to do more. And I would have never guessed that they were going to grab something like Zenimax. You know, hmm. how is he handling all of this right now? Like, I really wonder. Like, is he getting help? I mean, he's got a, it's his job to to handle all these first party yeah. studios now, right? It's it's a big undertaking. I heard that they they have a lot of work to do with Bethesda. They have to uh, you know talk. They have to meet all these people. They have to um, acclimate them to Microsoft. Twenty three hundred employees. Um, that's what I heard. I heard that, and and of course, the deal is not officially done. And I think Dreadpool uh, said it best. You know, you're not you're not going to say you're not going to piss anybody off right now at all. Uh, you're just gonna make sure the deal gets done, and when it's done, it's done, and they're gonna do all that stuff. They gotta, you know, they gotta have those. Uh, what are they called? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, the welcoming when you get a new job, you you, you get acclimated. They they gotta learn about Microsoft, and Microsoft has to learn about them. You want the yeah. spirits high too in companies like that because if you just get a Zenimax or a Bethesda, you know, if you want to, it's important I think that you have the employees. Feeling great about everything, you know, the morale, spirits are high, and, and it's just a good thing. You know, I think it's important to to let people know that that the uh, that everything's going to go smoothly. You know, including the fans too, because you know, you know, you know, we we see all what happened with Rare and that whole backlash, which Rare is doing fine. Because Sea of Thieves is probably my game of the generation, by the way, which we should be talking about that next upcoming show. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm babbling, so don't let me keep going. Wait, how can it be your game of generation when you don't even play the damn thing? I, but I still I love understand. it, damn it. I still love the experience. Don't hate on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and We and should have some CFDs playing in the background. Because What game are you playing, by the way, Invader? What is this we're looking at here? It's, it's mesmerizing. It's Seventh Sector. It's a Seventh little, Sector. 
Yeah, it's an indie uh, puzzle game. So we should we should do some gameplay on Saturday and some of Sea of Thieves, and then we can have that playing in the background. Me shoot Jeremy out of a cannon. It's <laughs> <laughs> where shark's mouth. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, the megalodon. Uh, it's gonna be extra hungry when he sees Downer for sure with his little pet in hand. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, guys, just very interesting comments by Phil. I mean, it's just, you know, very illuminating as we get closer and closer to launch. I think there'll be some surprises um, before then or around then. I, I sure hope so. It's just it's very exciting to be an Xbox fan right now, and it's exciting just getting into next gen. And even with all these acquisitions, like, it's just I'm still feeling the effects, and it's like a month old, the whole uh, Bethesda's Enemax acquisition, but hey, people are still talking about it, so they made a huge splash. But we are going to move along to some other things, guys. And Xbox has finally given us a confirmed list of launch titles for the Xbox Series X and S. There are about 30 to 31 games ranging from Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Bright Memory, Dirt 5, The Falconeer, Gears Tactics, and a whole lot more, of course. And there are lots of varied opinions on these launch games, but I want to hear the panel's thoughts on them, starting out with Centurion. Bud, what do you think of the official launch lineup? How does it stack up to you? Do you like, are you really excited for any of the games up on here? Well, interestingly enough, the one game I actually wanted to play was Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, there is a couple games on there that I actually want to kind of go back and see what they look like now and see these improvements. Um, definitely, what can I say? You know, there's a lot of people that are trying to uh, point out the fact that uh, the one that comes to mind is Watch Dogs Legion is on this list, but it's supposedly running at 30 frames a second, which it is. And everybody keeps trying to go around saying that everyone was saying that we were going to be at 120 frames a second and all this other stuff for games that are supposedly optimized for the Series X. And for me, that's where nobody really said that. They always said up to 120 frames a second. Uh, but for the games on this list, I'm excited. There's some good games on this list. All the games are great, but there's some games that leap out to me. And I'm going to have fun with my Series X. Um I will definitely say, though, I am disappointed in the fact that, regretfully, Cyberpunk did not make it to this list for a good reason. Right, right. Uh, I'm on the fence about this one, Centurion, because, you know, I went through the 360 launch and, uh, you know, the Xbox One X uh, launch. Um, I think these games are going to feel new, you know, due to smart delivery with the resolutions and the frame rate. Uh, but again, I'm looking back at the 360 launch and you had games like Condemned. You had games like Project Gotham 3 at Perfect Dark. You had Call of Duty 2, which was a great... I mean, I know some of these were, uh, you know, multi-plat. But then you had uh, Cameo. You had Quake 4. I know that one was another uh, multi-plat. But um, just great games overall with the launch of the Xbox 360. And then fast forward to the Xbox One, you had Rise. You know, you had uh, Panzer, uh, I wasn't say Panzer Dragoon, but it, was, it wasn't really called Panzer Dragoon. You had D4, um, which is a great game. Dead Rising 3. Right, Dead Rising 3. You just had mm -hmm. different exclusives. And I think I, you know, I miss those days. Those days I miss, you know, I miss those solid games that are coming out. And I think it, 
it is noteworthy that the PlayStation does have those types of games, even though uh, Demon Souls is a remake. You know, but it's gonna feel like a completely new game that people have never played. You know, when Demon Demon Souls came out, uh, people really didn't know about uh, uh, the games that from software makes. You know, D- Demon Souls was way ahead of its time, and now I think it's gonna get into the mainstream. Now, I mean, Dark Souls is in the mainstream, but uh, D- Demon Souls in particular, um, you know, that game's gonna be great. Um, and the Spider-Man game is going to be huge for Sony. Just we need games like that. I think, um, you know, not having them is, you know, could be a deal a deal breaker for some people. Um, but at the end of the day, we're going to have a lot of titles, uh, you know, over a thousand titles that are going to be playable on our new system day one. So are those are all those games going to be, uh, you know, enhanced fully? No, but. Uh, you can still uh, backlog them. You can you still have the option. So we don't get to have Spidey Cat like Miles Morales. Did you see that little uh, was that <laughs> little trailer or GIF? And the Spidey the Spidey Cat just came out of his back and just started swatting at I guess some little villain or whatever. But um, my back catalog is humongous, man. So I'm like. To me, the pandemic, everything, I'm just happy for the new consoles, period, whether it's PlayStation or Xbox, this list of 30 games. I'm pretty sure it's stuff up here I haven't even played yet. Like, Gears Tactics was right. really good. I'm looking forward to trying Gears again because uh, I've seen the pictures that I think Tim retweeted of how better it looks. And uh, I'm, I'm just satisfied, man. I'm not, you know, if I didn't have the amount of games that I did have, per se, I guess I would have something to say about it. But I'm just, I'm good, man. I'm good. See, things is on the list, isn't that right, Jeremy? So I'm, <laughs> I'm good, brother. So that's it. Like, just play games, man. I'm just, I'm just chill. So this was a, just a different year, all together. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm yeah. looking at positive things. Thirty games, it's great. We don't have Halo, of course. We got Cyberpunk, Yakuza, like a dragon. To me, looks really interesting. Some people, you know, you know, a friend of mine, you know, one away dragons doesn't like the fact that it's turn based. But I like the humor in that game, you know, and uh, and uh, so I'm down. I'm I'm gonna buy those. Those are my first two games. I'm probably gonna be playing Yakuza and uh, Like a Dragon, um, and then whatever my, I have in my back catalog, and plus some other stuff that's on Game Pass, which I'm gonna save a ton of money on, including controllers. Um, so it's just I'm just I'm chill, man. I'm just it's whatever. So think about now with the back compat, how important it is if you're a developer with the option to sell your game for another 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know, how powerful is that if you're, if you're, and you know, something to look forward to, you know, these games now with, with microtransactions, with just different options to uh, create revenue inside your game. And with the additional game pass too, you have that option where these games are going to get longer lakes. Uh, you know, you're going to see games like, you know, with EA access, uh, Battlefield 4 having extra, you know some legs to it. Battlefield 5. And there's just different opportunities for these companies to have different revenue streams come in. So from a business perspective, that's you know that's great for, for Xbox. It's um, phenomenal. It's, yeah. it's even for a gamer, man. Like we talk about these <laughs> games. Remember this game, remember Asteroids, and how to bring all that stuff forward and to still have that. You know, you can still yeah. reach back into your catalog and it's right there. And then you see, I mean, I, I don't I don't I guess this is kind of a segue into our next topic, but you see the different enhancements 
that's happening even that you would have never thought of. Well, at least me, because yeah. I'm not a, really that tech, of, you know, that techie guy. But, you know, you're getting 60 frames per second now. The games that were 30, you're getting, you know, uh, you know, now they're in the 4K. And then now you look here what they're doing with the HDR. Yeah. And um, and again, I don't know. I think it was Tim again. that posted some stuff with uh, Dark Knight. Was yeah. it one of the one of the the the, uh, the Batman games? And that looked fun. it was like yeah. night and day difference. Yeah. It was I, a night and day difference. Man. I couldn't believe the uh, some people were posting pictures of the difference between a scene in Gears of War Five where it was the reflection on the ground, and it just looks yeah. like a night and day difference in just the way that it looks. I just <laughs> I was you, just so impressed. Did you watch any of the videos from Digital Foundry on uh, how steady the frame rates are on the Series X? Did anybody yep. get into that, like, nerd stuff? Yeah, yeah, I've seen a couple of uh, episodes with that, yep. Dude, like, I mean, like, when people don't understand steady frame rate, I mean, like, I, the one dip that they were talking about on a game that was running pretty high... It involved reflections, and reflections are some of the hardest things to do, and that was the only thing that made it dip for a second. I'm a resolutions guy, Centurion. I could care less about the frame rate, but I think because no, I, I come from I come from a different, just different era. You know, we used to play the Sega Saturn where frame rates we were lucky if frame rates got above twenty five frames oh, per I second. Love resolution Superman sixty four. You said you played Saturn? It was like sixty frames per second. What are you talking about? Oh my you're crazy. I love what are you talking about? That was the whole thing if you played so if you're in Europe, you had that's the whole thing with Sega Saturn a lot of Sega Saturn games. You have to if you're playing Europe, your European exclusives are like fifty Hertz. So people go out of their way to like mod to get them to sixty Hertz. You're crazy. Uh, that's I don't mind. You're thinking of GoldenEye when it dipped down to like 18 frames per second when you're trying no. to shoot somebody. Superman 64 was 15 frames per second. Wow. <laughs> Sega, yeah, you couldn't have frame. You couldn't have like 30 frames per second like shmups on Saturn, which there I'm, is a lot of. I know people hate this topic. You know, you know when they, you mention frames, I wouldn't mind a thirty frame per second game with every single bell and whistle that you can put out there. All the ray tracing. Oh yeah. All the, you I, know, just just give me my French fries with, with all Watch Dogs Legion. <laughs> yeah, give me the gravy, the 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 the, the hot sauce. I want all the toppings. I want all the fixings. I, I guess <laughs> according to the I guess according to the articles I read, that's what they're doing with Watch Dogs Legion. That's why um, they don't mm-hmm. want people to think that. Uh, Assassin's Creed's Bahala's frame rate and all that jazz are going to be like a Watch Dogs Standard. Legion. Watch Dogs Legion takes place in a city where there's a lot of glass buildings and stuff, and they want to show off the engine, and so that's why they have all the ray tracing and all the hot, you know, the the hot sauce and trimmings on it going oh. on, so that way they could show uh, kind of like what ray tracing can do. Um, that's fine. But, Give us the choice, though. That's what I'm saying. See, that's Give where us people are in a whatever Why? mode, Why? I think all I these the games are going to have the performance mode and you know just frame rate mode. I love when I hear people say I play games, not frames. I'm like, the now how stupid that statement is. I just can't. <laughs> like you're literally playing the the frames are as part of the gameplay. That's what affects gameplay. Now the one thing okay. that a lot of people are wanting about on Watch Dogs Legion though is. Is its frame rate a victim of the fact that technically there's no NPCs in that game? 
because you could play any person in it. They, this is actually one of the most uh, complex games when it comes to NPCs, and there's been some questions on is its frame rate affected by the fact that it also has to have compute power for the NPCs. No, well, there's there's NPCs. They're gonna do what they did with the uh, the Elder Scrolls series. No, you know, um, ba- basically what a what what a NPC is is you can just draw the path or line or whatever the, the articles NPC I've goes. read are saying that these are not standard. These are not standard NPCs. They are people that you can basically take over and yeah, integrate but, them into your well, game. They they don't follow standard paths. That's where well they, they have st- to stand. What are they gonna do to stand there? They have to be doing something. They have and standard every... paths until you take them over. I think. Yeah, right. I was gonna say once right. you take but them that, over, but that's until you take them over. But also, but there was some people that followed the standard path of certain NPCs in uh, what the hell was it called? Red Dead Redemption Two, and they made their like some of their standard paths like 10, 15 minutes long. Yeah, but that's that's different. You know, you're gonna have a standard pass as opposed to something like Cyberpunk, where you know you're interacting with a, you know a hundred NPCs on screen, interacting with each other, conversating, buying things. But you know, that's the idea, not gonna... But that's where the idea. That's where the article I read because it was a really interesting article. Um, I forget. I have to find it now. But the idea behind NPC stands for non-playable character. The only problem is with Watch Dogs Legion. Is the characters are playable, so that means you got to drop word non. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the that's in the fine print, right? <laughs> but, that, but that means you actually have to have some kind of compute power, kind of put into them, because at some point that character could not be following a non-linear path. So you rewrite right. the scripts. That's where that's where open world games cause havoc on physics and all that stuff. Jeez. Well, one of the things uh, that that you know of the original topic was, I think Halo was a big miss, um, and you would they would have basically hit it out of ballpark if they had Halo. Um, but even though they don't, they kind of they kind of save themselves in the fact that. You do have the best performing system console, or most likely going to be the case. You do have backwards compatibility where you can try all these games. Uh, you can have uh, a bunch of stuff that you're going to try out, new uh, enhancements and all this stuff. And they have some select games. Uh, is it a light launch? Yes. Was it a miss to miss Halo? Yes. But, you know, I mean, in the fact of the matter is you can have Valhalla, Watch Dogs, and Cyberpunk in that in that window. Um, I don't think you're going to be, uh, you know, that upset, especially with what's coming in 2021. Right. Basically, you get a better Halo uh, out of the deal. So, yep. it's not the world. Yeah, I mean, no one's going to be talking launch, launch games with Cyberpunk and uh, Assassin's Creed out. Mm-hmm. So at that point, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Cyberpunk, oh, dude, I am be, looking Cyberpunk's forward to Assassin's Creed Valhalla, man. How, I'm sorry, uh, Odyssey was a beautiful game. I'm curious what they're going to be doing with Valhalla. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I think ca- call me after a week, and I, it's going to be the opposite with Cyberpunk. Out, this is a different beast, a different game. The only um, problem is for me that's going to be like staring at the at the Mona Lisa through saran wrap like i know the saran wrap is there i know like on this day they're gonna take the saran wrap away so it's kind of like damn do i stare at it now or do i wait 
No, it's cyberpunk. It's gonna have. It's gonna look just a, to me, in my opinion. It's gonna look just as good as as Valhalla does, even even without the sixty frames four K. Absolutely. So I think it, I think it's still gonna be four K. Well, I know I know it's gonna be four K. I think actually you're gonna just yeah. see, um, kind of like a lot of the ray tracing features and the the stuff that makes four K really shine. Not there. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, guys, moving on to another bit of news making the rounds. It was kind of alluded to earlier. Uh, earlier, like a few days ago, Xbox gave us more details on the backwards compatibility for the Xbox Series X and S. And all all the games in like the back catalog going back to the original Xbox will receive auto HDR along with improved frame rates and just greatly improving all the older titles, especially on the, the original Xbox, which is crazy. Um, guys, what are your thoughts on these improvements? Uh, Shockley, what do you think about the automatic upgrades? Is this a huge selling point, do you think, for, like, again, the uh, new Xboxes going into next gen? Um, I mean, it's probably, like, the backwards compatible part of, you know, making sure all your library carries over, so it keeps people locked into that ecosystem. I think that's definitely a big selling point. Um, I know for someone like me, maybe like Downer and others that play that maybe play a lot of the retro games, like playing Panzer Dragoon uh, Saga or not Saga. <laughs> uh, yeah, with Last Panzer me. Dragoon Orta. <laughs> um, <laughs> that one, uh, Kevin Kinson, he was playing that with auto HDR. So I'm, I'm excited. HDR doesn't come to come great through YouTube videos, but I'm excited to see maybe dead space or uh yeah. splinter cell with like hdr with like sam fisher's you know now goggles. Shock, like some of speak... that could be really cool yeah did he speak uh exactly on the if the frame rates were improved on panzer dragoon orta um that i mean it should be pretty smooth i mean i know like ninja gaiden 2 uh was heavily yeah. improved because that whole stairway scene on that which would just chug because there'd be so many enemies on screen and dismemberment um but on xbox one x it's like butter smooth at 60 fps so i and that's an xbox all original xbox games are xbox one x enhanced so they get even more of an enhancement so i would imagine it would yeah. be up to i don't know because forza because the forza devs can't uh, playground games isn't going to bring uh, 30 fps or no 60 fps for, for forza horizon 3 which was just delisted so that's kind of sad but so i don't know i don't know why they can't really just patch that in i don't know if it's because it's delisted they can't do it who knows but i mean uh, i think it's going to be a big selling point moving customers and keeping them you know in the ecosystem for sure some of it depends on the game itself with the colors because you have New Vegas and all the colors are brown, so you can't really highlight yeah. the difference. And then when I was talking with uh, AJ from Delalia Studios, you know, Battletoads is such a colorful game that it would just it wouldn't help at all. It would probably I guess he said it would probably negate it and make it look worse. So yet again, it, it's one of those things that. Are, they have to look at it and decide if they're going to allow the activation of it or not. And then you still have your choice on whether or not you have it on or off. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. The good thing, or the thing you can look at, though, whether it's going to at least just automatic without any dev tweaking, uh, would be if if that game had a unlocked frame rate to begin with, then it'll automatically no work is needed. It's just going to use the power of the system to bump that you know frame rate up as much as it can go. So, but that's that's the thing that devs are going to have to patch in for games that had a lock 30 FPS for us to really see a difference other than it just being more stable at 30. So. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Definitely. Now, what do you guys think of Xbox's approach to preserving their entire back catalog as opposed to Sony's, which is only focusing on the PlayStation 4's library? I mean, sure, they can use PS Now for uh, some of their more legacy titles, but really, I mean, Xbox has such an advanced look at uh or an advanced way of looking at their entire back catalog like preserve like i like the way that they talk about preserving their history and their games and just bringing them forward with the consoles now isn't that that's really something interesting yeah let's be fair though uh you know with the x the original xbox there's only a handful of games uh 360 i think there's over what 100 games maybe 200 games yeah, so, yeah, it was more than that. I think it was five, closer to 500. Yeah, five, yeah. 500 on the 360. Uh, I thought it was more like two or 300. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of games for sure. But, uh, you know, if they could bring over some of those, the older Xbox games, that'd be cool. Uh, you know, some of the newer ones. Well, he mentions PlayStation, and interesting, uh, I can't really consider what PlayStation's got going on can like is on the same level with uh, Xbox's backwards compatibility, even when you compare the Xbox generation to the, just the PlayStation 4 generation, because now we're getting developers that are coming out saying that some features, like even saves, might not even work right, and you would have to completely play the game over again uh, if you tried to play it on a PS5. There's people having issues right now with the PS4 losing game saves. Not true. That's kind of a bummer, man. I'm, I'm, I'm glad at least they're bringing their backwards compatible you know, catalog. Somehow they're working it out, the kinks or whatever. But uh, I don't know, just kind of... It, it, it just sucks. feels like Sony's back. It, it feels like Sony's path to backwards compatibility. Regretfully, you know, go ahead, tweet me, whatever you want to say. I feel like they've been kind of dragged into backwards compatibility, kind of kicking and screaming something they didn't really want to do on them. I know they did it with like the PlayStation Two and PlayStation Three, but they didn't do it on like a mass scale like Xbox has been doing, and so. PlayStation has always treated backwards compatibility as like a like an afterthought. And Xbox has always been trying to put more into it. And now you're seeing the difference in that on Xbox is over here with generations of backwards compatibility and PlayStation still having issues with getting saves to work right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they definitely get a lot more on the back end front right when it comes to Xbox for sure. Um, again, I'm a, I've always been a huge fan of backwards compatibility ever since it got announced by Xbox back in 2015. I use it a lot. It's very, very much worth it, especially if you have an ever-building back catalog. I, most, yeah, most of the people I'm sure in the chat do. I've seen some comments about it already. I know Megatron touched on it. 
I got a huge back catalog that I still, oh, it's going to be a while before I get through it. But even with, I will pick up a few games on the launch lineup too. It's just there's so much to game. I'm just so happy that they're able to move with us uh, with these titles and just not lock them behind the generations. Um, guys, I'm going to transition us on to some other news. And will we see Xbox be making another huge studio acquisition announcement anytime soon? I've seen some questions pop up in the chat that wants to talk about it. And I'll say, well, possibly. And I don't count Xbox out of anything at this point. <laughs> I mean, especially, you know, during, uh, you know, we just talked about the whole Bethesda's NAMAX deal. I mean, that's still huge news from a month ago. But during the latest edition of the Xbox Era podcast with The Verge's Tom Warren on, panel member Special Ed stated from his sources that he knows that Xbox, the Xbox team, definitely has at least one more studio acquisition in the works. Now, these guys have industry sources, so it definitely has my curiosity peaked quite a bit. And I know everyone on the panel wants to chime in on this, but Tim, I would love to hear your thoughts first. Have you been hearing about any more studios and talks with Xbox, whether they're big or small? What's your take? Um, I've heard that, that they're just trying to um, finalize the Bethesda deal, deal with everything in regards to that. Um, there were rumors of Bungie. Um, I could say that they definitely probably talked, but I don't know if they came to terms. Obviously, they didn't come to terms. I think uh, Bungie was asking for a boatload of money. Um, I just think, listen, I think people right now are just fever-pitched for another deal. Uh, I just don't see it in 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 the, in the next couple of months because I do think that they just want to uh, basically get this Bethesda deal. Uh, now Shepelled says that there is a, a, you know an acquisition. If it w was going to be one, I would assume it's probably a Sobo or it's Blooper Team or somebody that they have a mm -hmm. relationship. I don't see another pu publisher. I think if you you run the risk of if you get another publisher, basically triggering a, a sell-off where, you know, third party gets purchased up by either Sony, because Sony gets, you know, gets desperate, or, you know, uh, Google gets desperate. So I, I don't really see that, nor do I kind of think that it's a good idea, because I think if you've got Ubisoft, let's say, and I don't think that that's happening, but um, let's just say you did. Um, man, you you you'd have a a pretty big problem, I think, with well, um. A lot, a lot of, I know, I know, you want this, Jeremy, no, but, but I just think you have, no, but I, think you, I I have a I have a question regarding that. What's the difference be if Xbox buys them as opposed to somebody like Google? You have the same situation, so why not Xbox? That's my question. That's the thing is, is that I don't know. I think if they did something like that, that would trigger more of like a start, like kind of like a start of arms race in a way where everyone's picking up third party. Now you don't have third party. Everything is locked behind yeah. either Google. Oh, well. <laughs> well to, yeah, to, to meet him, that ZeniMax deal, that ZeniMax deal already started the arms war. Well, uh, that's what I'm, I'm, or I'm hoping that, that, that maybe it didn't, but it's possible that it did. You're right. Um, but uh, de depending on what they said they're still going to look into, 
acquisitions. I do firmly believe that they're going to do that. I just don't think that it's going to happen in the next couple of months. I just think that, like, yeah. they're going to have to get this deal, like, solidified. And, you know, they're first and foremost, they want to close this deal. That's why they're being, you know, cagey with their answers with, with, with exclusivity and certain things like that. They don't want to screw anything up. They just want to get the deal passed. They don't want to draw any red flags. They don't want to. They don't want to alarm anybody. They want the deal to go, and then I think that then they will look at the Asobos. My thing is, is I think they're going to look at Asobo uh, and and people that they've been working closely. As as you see, when they worked with with uh, Bethesda so closely, they paid off. So Asobo makes a lot of sense just for the fact that. Um, it's it's basically they already have an IP that that you know is going to be going long term, and that's Flight Sim. You know, I, I'm sure that they're just going to keep adding to that game, and and they're also a very talented dev. So uh, that's where I, I I'm at, and uh, we'll see what what everyone else thinks. Mm -hmm. Because it's funny that you know you bring up like. Uh you know, arms race and all that, because over the past couple of days, there's been an interesting rumor circulating about Ubisoft possibly getting acquired, a pretty big publisher there, and they've been really friendly with Microsoft on various, well, different marketing deals in recent years. Could Since we see... The Xbox One, the original OG Xbox, they've been... They've had a great relationship. I played the hell out of Rainbow Six. Yeah, I still prefer the Rainbow Six event as opposed to a Siege, but Siege is still hella fun. You know, so listen, you know, it's, still, it's, 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 it's rightfully so. People have, of course, they're going to think this. When Satya comes out and says, we're going to keep going after a $7.5 billion deal. Why? I mean, of course, people are going to think that, you know, and, and the rumor, I yeah. guess they said this started back in 2018, you know, wow. Warner Brothers, just because they came, they said they're kind of backing away a little bit. Don't mean they backed away. I mean, we only know what we're told and we are we are. We're just left to speculate, basically. And that's it. My biggest thing was you heard me in the chat. I'm thinking like, you know, the rumor was bigger than Bethesda, pale in comparison. I'm like, how? who's going to be bigger hey, than Bethesda? Then I'm Downer. like, yeah. Sorry. Uh, right now, if you check your Google feed, I'm sorry, I'm always watching mine. Uh, they're starting to talk about right now uh, PC Gamer, IGN, uh, Screen Rant, Games Radar, all within 10 hours. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege is probably coming to Game Pass. Mm. Cool. And that's like their biggest multiplayer. So. Interesting. What's uh, Rainbow Six? What's uh, Ubisoft worth right now? Does anybody know? Yeah. I know I saw EA was at it. Yeah, Ubisoft is valued probably about around seven point one to about eight point six billion right now. I mean, it seems to I mean everything seems attainable now. I mean, you pay seven point yeah. four billion. Phil saying mm -hmm. that um, are they are but, they worried about getting their money back? No, I mean, no, of course it's not. Just, yeah, it's just makes sense to so, me. So Megatron, I don't know all the ins and outs regarding purchasing purchasing another, uh, you know, another business when they're in the, this current deal with ZeniMax. I have no idea. So um, I believe they can go out and purchase another uh, deal before this deal is even inked. Uh, and I heard this, but this ZeniMax deal is not even going to be done until June. Mm -hmm. That's what I hear. Not February, June. 
So I, I don't know if it just has to do with all the because there's so many company sub companies involved that, you know, they just have to iron out all the, the transfers and finances and just everything in general. Um, that's why I'm hearing June. But I don't know. I don't have any information on whether or not it's it's OK if Microsoft uh, Xbox goes out and purchases someone else uh, with the ZeniMax deal still on the table. Mm-hmm. Hey, so, I mean, these are like I said before; these things are a long time coming. You don't know where they start; these deals start, and yeah, you know, if it's, if it's two years, if it's just yesterday, you know. But um, you know, just, go ahead. The ZeniMax deal is not going to fall through. It's not going to fall through. I know. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm. I'm pretty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm almost a hundred percent positive. It's just. It's going to go through no matter what. It's just you know. There's. There's different entities that could stop it too, you know. I mean, but right now, I mean, at this point, it's a done deal. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, I'm not too worried about Zenimax. They everything seems to be going according to plan. There. My question yeah. would be, I just, I, me personally, besides a few properties that Ubisoft has, like Splinter Cell, for example. I mean, I've been wanting to use Splinter Cell for ages along with so many people here, I'm, I'm assuming on the panel too, but I just, I don't really find Ubisoft to be that attractive, to be honest with you, um, especially... I, I do. I mean, I, I Ubisoft's very attractive. They have some great IPs, uh, especially here in the Western market, mm-hmm. um, you know, but it's not going to do anything for the... What do we have? Let's go through them. You got Spudicell in the EU. Six. Assassin's you Creed. Got, yeah. Beyond Thief, Good and Evil. Assassin's Creed. That, that trailer way back in 2018 looked phenomenal. Yeah. You got Rayman. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, you say Rainbow? You got Rainbow Six. You said Rainbow Six. Steep. Uh, yeah. yeah, Steep. There you go. That's There's one. a lot. There's a lot of IPs. There's a for few. For sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying there isn't some worth there i mean i'm just talking about from my own um what i would like to see them address like again i keep going back to if they were to go after another publisher i would like to see them address some holes in their back catalog and be a little more strategic with this possibly again we've talked about to arm's length about sega or capcom i think that would be a little bit more of a better investment in my opinion but yeah. I mean, they do have they uh, Ubisoft to their credit, they do have some really worthwhile IP, whether it be Far Cry or yeah. again, there's there are quite a few to name. I'll give them that. But it's my, just, my so first guess Sega... would have been my first guess was EA until someone mentioned Ubisoft, and you know you look Oof. at the market cap cap of each one, and I think when I looked at EA, they were worth like forty billion. I show it every time you say EA. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, but look at what they have though. The BioWares, you look at all the uh, the Battens, the FIFAs, you know, the yeah. state I mean they have the Star Wars. I don't know how all this works, but for right now, they they have the Star Wars license. You know, let's make another coder if they can do that. You got you know, what we got like no, the best... the, see the Star Wars license I think renews every what, five years? Ten years. So mm-hmm. the, and and an EA has to create X amount of games within those five years. Mm-hmm. And I think they're running up on their final year here in a second. Oh, well. Yeah. But no, I, it, it, to me, it'd make more sense uh, to buy a Sega or a Capcom. I know Shockley's big on Capcom. 
because it just the possibility of endless. You have that whole back catalog that can go straight straight to Game Pass. Hundreds of games, uh, whether it's emulated or what, or remastered or whatever, uh, they can go directly to Game Pass. So on top of that, you have the merchandising deals that could take place, the movie lives. I mean, just everything that Sega brings or a Capcom brings uh, to the table. It's more beneficial to buy, uh, just in my opinion, uh, either a Sega or a Capcom. Because automatically you'll have a foothold in, you know, in the Japanese market and even the, the EU, you know, just just in terms of exposure. You know, when you think of Sega, when you think there are iconic characters and IPs, you can associate them with Xbox, you know, if that if that deal goes through. And the same thing for the Capcom deal. You I kind of always did, though. When I made the transition from Dreamcast to Xbox, it felt natural to me. A lot you see the similarities with the controller and everything else, but it was kind of like a kind of an easy transition to go. So you know, it was, my pers- it was okay. an easy transition for a couple reasons. Uh, number one is um, they sep- they said ex- specifically yeah, it wasn't well. It was the original uh, Xbox, so it was Dreamcast's original Xbox. They made deals exclusively that okay, PlayStation is going to have Shinobi, PlayStation is going to have. <laughs> Uh, no, they can't see that. But PlayStation is going to have uh, Shinobi, and then PlayStation is going to have another game, another Sega game. While Xbox is going to have all the smile bit games like Jet Set Radio Future. They're going to have Gun Valkyrie. They're going to have Panzer Dragon Orta, and that's where those games. That's why it felt uh, the transition felt natural. And yeah, that's all Yakuza stuff too, right? Is it all? That's all. Is that Atlas? Who makes? I mean, is that all under Sega too? Yakuza? Sega, Sega, Sammy's all owned by Atlas. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Atlas is owned by Sega, Sammy. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I'd be happy. I'd be happy with that acquisition if they if they did it, you know. But you know, we'll have to wait and see. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, <clears throat> fellas. All right, guys. I think we beat that to death. But it would be interesting to see what happens if there are some serious rumors about another studio coming whether it be big or small man at microsoft xbox is being very very aggressive uh trying to get uh, more content more uh more teams into their ecosystem so good on them but guys we will move on to the last topic of the evening and on our last show we talked a lot about the recent partnership between microsoft and gamestop Well, some more new details have dropped from an investment advising firm stating that GameStop will receive a share of digital revenue for any Xbox system purchased in its store or or online for that matter, including game downloads and digital content. So, I mean, that's a nice chunk of change for GameStop's Mm. wallet. Now, Jeremy, I'll go to you first on this. I know that uh, we got to you first uh, last time on the matter, and you have a history with GameStop. How significant is it for GameStop to get a cut of the digital revenue? Because I would imagine that that would give them quite a nice boost, at least at first, anyways. Yeah, so it's a good deal for GameStop, no doubt. But GameStop is banking on getting the systems in the homes uh, and Xboxes as well. But they need that foot traffic, like I t- like I told you about last podcast. But having people to sign up for Game Pass subscriptions is Microsoft's goal with getting these these systems 
inside the home. So uh, there wasn't really an an incentive to promote uh, systems and sell them because the profitability was very low. So if you look at you know last generation. Uh, I think it was like 20 bucks. And then the, even the uh, generation before that was anywhere from 6 to $15. Uh, where they made their money was on all the extras. So in the past, before the digital era, there was a, a low incentive to sell systems with the high potential to uh, bring in new customers and you know sell the games. But that includes the accessories. That includes all the other items that were added onto that. Now, with the digital era, uh, there was low incentive to sell the system and low possibility that you're going to keep those same customers inside the store because of the digital market. Um, It's just now there's a high incentive to sell the system because, you know, now GameStop gets a certain – we don't know the percentage. We don't know the dollar amount they're going to make for each sale of the system. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, it's pretty significant. I mean, it, or else GameStop wouldn't agree. If it was just a basic deal where they would just keep the profits from the wholesale amount, that doesn't make sense for GameStop because that's what they were doing in the past. But um, I think getting people in the door, buying Xbox products along with uh, Microsoft's uh, other items inside the GameStop store, that makes sense. Because it's going to get people in the doors, and it's going to get people to to uh, you know purchase a little more from GameStop, and it's going to help with the problem with um, you know some of the profitability that GameStop is losing because of the digital market. You know they don't they don't make a lot of profits anymore. Their their stores, you know, on that maybe I shouldn't be saying this because it is confidential information. But you take my store for example. And my store, my stores were one of the highest uh, in profitability. My when all was said and done, and all the bills were paid at GameStop, my store was making almost two hundred thousand dollars a year in just pure profit. And that's when all was, you know, the employees were paid. That's when the rent was paid, uh, and that was high. So if you go, if you move into a mall, it's even lower than that because you got to pay rent, high rent in those malls, and that's. You know, and some of these grade A locations that just suck up the rent in terms of dollar amounts. Um, hey, Jeremy, what were you guys making? So you guys are profiting off of the, like the the uh, you know the prescription service, the subscription service they had there. What does GameStop have now that you get like a you pay yearly for? What's that called again? They give you a little card I, or whatever. I, I don't I don't know exactly. That membership. They have like yeah, a membership I think it's thing. Like game reward. I, I forgot, but anyway, it's called a that's pro where membership. They, yeah, it's pro okay. membership. That's where they make all that the money because that having that card, like any reward card, creates a uh, creates a loyal. It's a loyalty program. That's why they mm-hmm. call it the loyalty. It entices people to to um, you know to buy uh, GameStop stuff to go and shop at GameStop. You know, Microsoft has the same thing with the Microsoft or Xbox reward points. If you buy X amount of games, you get uh, X amount of return on on uh, your investment. And that's what creates a call. It creates a selling culture. So Xbox does, I mean, uh, GameStop does the same thing. 
What if they uh, gave you something like it's just, I'm I'm cutting you off like honestly, but I'm just thinking no. in my I'm brainstorming here. I'm like, what if every time you signed up for that rewards program? I mean, I guess uh, Predator has it, the power of pro rewards. Thanks, Predator. And um, they give you a you know a 15 day you know you know um card to you know sign up for Game Pass Ultimate. Like, what if they did that whole thing? Like, that would yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, that's thinking that outside that the stuff, box like, for sure. Like the man on the corner, they're gonna be. I think they're gonna be hustling yeah. these game, these game pass, and you know, these services. They're gonna work yeah. hand in hand with each other and just really kind of push this, man. That's all so I. They used, so with the current deal, they got you know, fifteen bucks gets you the, um, you know, the deals in house. Whether it's five five dollars off, percentage off a system, percentage off a game. But what if you include, you know, for ten dollars more? You can get, you can rent out uh, games at GameStop, mm. you know, and that's just a new way. Maybe you can rent out digital games at GameStop uh, with this Microsoft and Xbox deal. That you do something like that, you know, See? just the sky's the limit. You just gotta have the people there uh, to come to an agreement to get them to sign off on some of these things because right now GameStop's in trouble. They're in a better spot as they were yesterday with this deal with with microsoft but they were still in trouble they were closing a lot of stores gamestop had over three thousand locations when i when they finally bought eb games for 4.2 billion dollars you know that's when i left was when they purchased eb games for 4.2 they acquired all the uh assets overseas you know there were international um uh powerhouse at that at that point uh, unfortunately, you didn't have someone seeing the writing on the wall with the digital era, you know, basically coming, uh, making Xbox look, I mean, Xbox, GameStop locations extinct almost. Um, but that's what it's doing. I kind of seen it when, you know, I used to rent video games a lot from my local, you know, my, my Palmer video, the Blockbuster. And once I started things, you know, I started seeing those things close down. And then, you know, seeing how uh, Netflix was coming up and Redbox, I just kind of, myself, I saw it, you know, per se. You know, I kind of just figured it was just eventually going to go the same way with video games. But, um... Yeah. Yep. Well, you had Gamefly. Gamefly, you were able to rent your games that way, too, you know. How was it? Yeah, I, was, I, ne- was... I never did it. I just didn't see the point of waiting for that long length of time to get another game. Yeah. Well, the problem with GameFly 2 is the theft issue. People were just keeping the games. You know, so Yeah. Uh, you know, you, what those places like Redbox, they could charge them to their credit card now, no problem, but that's the problem with uh places like Blockbuster and Hollywood Video because they lost tons of money, tons of money on losing ass losing inventory, losing assets. And once you lose your inventory and assets, you know, it's just the bottom falls off in some of these locations, along with the fact that, you know, digital is now household in every home across America. There was, there was never enough supply. Now we can really change subjects. I would go to a, a blockbuster and wait for my damn double dragon or whatever it was that came out or NES. And sorry, someone rented it before. You'd have like two rusty ass copies, and I'm sitting there, like uh, just just waiting and waiting and calling like a fiend, you know. Yeah. So they never had they never had enough supply, you know, in those situations. Man, that sucked. 
would see the you would see the uh, boxes, and they would yeah. have the boxes below. But you'd be like, yeah, I'll eat more of them. But that's what I'm talking about. They had a real problem getting these games back, and then they'd have to buy more inventory on top I was of one that. Of those guys, I hated returning this stuff. Even if it was Redbox, I would have it for weeks. I'm like, it'll be three mile, three blocks from my house, and I just, just was just. I think I was just lazy. I just, well, I, I always hated bringing stuff back, man. I'm like, eh, well, yeah. I mean, I see, I see the same. Pro- I still haven't received the cyberpunk tr- uh, jacket that you promised to mail out to me. <laughs> uh, I think you definitely have a laziness problem. I mean, I don't know. I think you work too hard for one, hey. and then you don't want to have, you don't want to do anything after the fact that you work hard. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, I get you. Years back, you know, years back when I was in high school, I wasn't trying to. I would rent stuff. I still didn't want to. Everyone, everyone would forget about it. I remember I forgot about it. I was like, I was like, oh man, I got never returned this. And then um, it was tough because you finally returned it, right, Tim? And then you got to pay this outstanding balance before you can rent another game. Yeah. And when it snowed. When it was snowing, the first thing you wanted to do was go rent a game. You got your movies, you got your games, you were good to go. You know what I'm saying? You know schools were going to close down. And uh, so. Yeah, I bought many DVDs that way. Yeah. But I think overall, though, the deal is a smart deal. It makes, you know, listen, Microsoft closed their stores down. We talked about that last week. This gives them a way that, you know, they have a little bit of a, a, a you know, an army of uh, GameStop people that are going to be selling their product. Uh, you know, the days of going into GameStop and being told, uh, you know, Xbox stinks or, you know, being, you know, you know, talked out of it, I think are over. I think it's going to be the opposite now. They're going to be looking to make money. So I think it's a really smart deal by Microsoft. I think it's a little bit of a lifeboat for uh, GameStop. And, um, you know, I think GameStop in general, they just have to get with the times. They need to, uh, they need to, you know, I think they need to build an online infrastructure. Maybe my, Microsoft can help them. Uh, but, you know, um, as long as, as they can, they can last uh, and, and, or be prosperous, profitable, um, you know, they're, they're going to have to do some some certain things like this to, uh, you know, help them. And uh, overall, just I think it's a great deal for both companies, and I think it's going to help Xbox this generation a lot. Oh, hell yeah. If they can change their business model around, modify a few things, and it keeps them afloat, I'm happy. I'm all for it because I love a dedicated retail brick-and-mortar place. I'm old school still, and where you could just come. And it's all about gaming. It's dedicated to gaming. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate that. My and my GameStop, by the way, used to be a Funko Land back in the day, and they switched over to GameStop. So if you guys remember Funko Land, so uh, <clears throat> EB EB actually owned Funko Land. So that's oh, how, okay. That's how GameStop acquired uh, Funko Land when when they bought out EB. Yeah, I never knew that. So thanks for that. <clears throat> but yes, it used to be Funko Land for me and my end. Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for the rewards points to to go over to uh, GameStop also because I'm sure you guys have heard already. Two hundred dollars for a Series X. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even pay for my Series X thanks to Rand. Three. Remember that whole thing back in the day when it when they were announcing the new consoles and then it hit Twitter like fire. You know, you were having all these trade ins. You know, and there was some kind of a glitch in their system, but people were walking away with thousands of dollars worth of trade ins. 
off of like they started with like six games. You trade it in, you buy it back, you trade it. They were giving you like double the points oh, or something yeah. like that. You guys remember that? I didn't. Uh, uh, confession. I got a Nintendo Switch and I got an Xbox One X. I, I mean, eventually I had four of them. Uh, <laughs> as I'm looking at them right now, but like from that deal, the first two consoles that I got from that was the next One X and my Nintendo Switch. So yeah, I did. I did all my rewards points and got three hundred and thirty-five dollars out of it. Mm-hmm. So I just paid two hundred bucks, and there you go. That's yeah. that's the that was my Series X nice, from the nice. Microsoft Store. Yeah, yeah. make. Yeah, Megatron. Uh, that thing was like printing money back then. Yes. Like literally, it's like a PS4 Slim, like launch edition, and I turned it into a One X, uh, PS4 Pro, PS VR. It was like mm-hmm. it was cool because you would go into the forums and it, everybody was like talking about like what they did and like how much they got, and it was like literally I was making money out of nothing. It was, yeah, yeah, they they closed out they closed out the loophole really quick because it started. It yeah. last. It was a good week though before they yeah. like really started to catch on, and mm-hmm. I got caught because I used I did two duplicates of the same game yeah. on the one, so that kind of so they banned me for like thirty days. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Use it while you can, right? Some people turned it into Amazon gift cards for like twenty five hundred. You know what they were saying though? It was like payback from all the. Year. It didn't feel so bad. Oh, yeah. from all the years you would buy this. $70 game, $65 game, they give you 10 bucks for it. You know, who you know, felt bad? You know, you they're buy it used for $5 less than a new one. Exactly. You know, believe it or not, and I'm sorry to say that, but there's people that make a living off these reward or, uh, you know, buyback loopholes. They make a living off it. And what they do is they just study it and study it and learn how to gain the system. And when I was an investigator, that's exactly what, you know, part of the part of the thing I had to close up was the loopholes in our own system. And it's with every company. There's people that make a living off it. They'll go to this store. You know, that's why you see a different return policy at Target, because at Target and Walmart, you can basically return everything. So what was happening is there was there were still stuff. And then to go to Target and return it, knowing that you're going to get, uh, you know, a stocking fee just added on to when you return it with something with no packaging. And they'd make a living off it. So you were a tattle. How about the guys that go to the supermarkets? <laughs> Jeremy, how about the guys that go to the supermarkets with like 3,000 coupons and they buy like uh, $300 worth of food and the <laughs> bill is like $12? That's <laughs> like yeah. <a> super couponing. <laughs> That's actually not it's not it's gaining the system, but it's not it's legit. That's actually right. legit. So what they're doing on some that of that end, stuff that's was a lot fine. of hard work. Yeah, that's hard work. If you're gonna Catch go that. through that, if you're gonna go through that much it's like a job. If you're gonna go yeah. through that much time, you know, it's just you are better off just twenty five Yeah. Have you ever bought Pokemon games, took all the shiny Pokemon, and then returned them back to GameStop? Oh, oh but, ch- but check this out. The <laughs> the Grand Theft laws in California were so ridiculous. I remember I was talking to some sheriff inside of Jamba Juice, and he and I'm like, dude, he's, it's causing what, you know, Prop 40, uh, Prop 46 or Prop 47 was causing so many problems because the grand theft threshold went from 650 to 950 overnight because some dumbasses decided to vote on it. 
So you had that you had people going and stealing TVs inside Walmart and they'll get caught, get a slap on the hand, and then go out to a, a Best Buy and steal another TV under that nine hundred and fifty dollar threshold and they'll just get a ticket out of it. Wow. Yeah. Oh, well, damn dude. Yeah. That's wow. crazy. And that's how you build cases. So if you can prove that this person stole a particular TV, uh, if they if Target would make a report on it, uh, you'd get that information. You'd combine both, and you could tag them on grand theft uh, for those particular items, those two particular items, by combining the two cases together. And that's how you'd prove that whether or not this person went out and stole and committed grand theft. Look at look at Jeremy sounding like top flight security. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly, no that's <laughs> I got you, bro. Like the tattletale. He was the man. Jeremy was the man. <laughs> all right, bro. He's something all right. <laughs> all right, guys. I think on that note we're gonna call it a night. But, uh, you know, I got to say really, really good stuff tonight from all members of the panel with a wide array of topics that we had. Lots of great discussions as well. Lots of energy from the wonderful people in the chat tonight. You know, I've got to say that we've got a great crowd here that, you know, the TXR crew, we are very appreciative of you coming out to uh, just watch us come and listen in. Thank you, everybody. Uh, you know, we had some really, really great numbers tonight, and we appreciate you guys dropping by. If you haven't done so already, then, hey, hit the like button, share this episode out, and, hey, subscribe to keep up to date on all things TXR. Now, let's get on over to the outro, starting off with our guest tonight, Dreadpool. But it was, you know, really great having you on. We really enjoyed your commentary. And honestly, just a fun time overall, and we're glad to have you back again. Where can everybody follow you at, bud? Uh, first of all, thank you for having me back on. It was great to actually uh, experience TXR with the full cast and uh, everybody in chat. You know, you guys were awesome. Uh, so, thank I thank you guys for having me on. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dreadpool. The O's are zeros. YouTube, my gamer tag is Dreadpool, all letters, all caps. Uh, every Wednesday night, you can find me at uh, Game and Beyond the Box, except for this Wednesday night. I have a prior commitment, uh, personal-wise, but the rest of the crew will be there, and you guys will have fun if you guys swing by there. Uh, Fridays. At 10 o'clock Eastern, we will have uh, breakfast with Boom, so I'll be there hanging out with everybody. And just an FYI, Wednesday at 4 p.m., I'm going to be hanging out with Four Guys Quarters and uh, Italian Clowns interviewing Kelsey Abbott. And nice. then Thursday night, I will be at uh, Original Next Level Gaming, so I'll be there with those guys. And then Friday more, uh, Friday at 12 p.m., Again, with four guys in quarters and Italian clowns and everybody there, like I said, 12 p.m. with Tommy Tellerico. Nice, bro. You making wow. the rounds, Dreadpool. Yeah. I'm <laughs> on vacation, so it's like, you know, it's a little bit easy. But like I said, I got a little personal thing, so I kind of screwed up my Wednesday night. But, you know, so, you know, we're, we're having a good time. And then I just got done recording with, uh, I don't know if you all know him. But uh, Nightwolf, uh, I, got, I met up with him for bre uh, Breaking Bread with Dread. So we just got done doing the recording. I just put out before the show 
the first half of the episode that we recorded and then sometime tomorrow I'll finish editing the rest of it and I'll get that out there. I'm going to check that out. Nice. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You're too busy Appreciate for it. my taste, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait, I'm used to working 70, 80 hours, and then when they cut my hours down, I was like, well, I got nothing else to do. Let's let's go at it. So I just keep myself <laughs> busy. I think, I think that's Megatron's problem right now. He's fucking calling me every day. And I'm just oh. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what to do with himself. I'm yeah, I, I hear you. No, me, I me, me and Jeremy yeah. talk a little politics behind the scenes and stuff and the uh, chit chat and uh... oh God. <laughs> a little you say. O- only only a little. a little. Is that putting it mildly? I, well, I try to keep it out of the t- <laughs> out of the group chat, you know. So I just call them up because I can't type. Everyone knows I'm always driving. So I'd rather just hit you up and call you because I can't, you know, I'm swerving. So I I'd rather just I can talk. Instead of typing, is a lot safer. So just, sometimes just when I walk in the group DM, I accidentally trip on the Mason Dixon line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh man, yeah, it's rough. like if you're on the road, you might uh, turn into road rage as, as soon as you talk to yeah. Jeremy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's great, Dreadpool. Though uh, I left a few links down in the description if you want to check out some of his links to Twitter and YouTube. And yeah, definitely uh, catch him on some of the other great community podcasts, like our uh, our brothers uh, from uh, the uh, original Next Gen Gaming, like Mike and all them, and uh, Breakfast with other Boom. Others, yeah, other, yeah, yeah, other content creators, other podcasters. It's great content all around. Uh, moving on, guys, to the TXR regulars. I'll start off with Megatron. Mega, awesome show tonight. Where can everybody follow you at? Yeah, man, hit me up on Twitter, Megatron underscore one nine seven five. You hit me up on Xbox Live, of course. I'm gonna jump on uh, some Destiny right after the show, and uh, hit me up in the message. You know, I can talk about anything and everything. As like I always say, man, it's it's, it's uh, life is life. So uh, feel free to just hit me up, send me a message, and uh, yeah, Dreadpool. It was awesome to have you on the show. Finally, we missed you last time, as as we said before, but it was good to have you. So hopefully, well, you uh, with all these rounds that you're making. Um, you can find time to come back on again with us. And hang I'll out. always make time for you guys. That's awesome, bro. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to it. Definitely. And thanks to everybody that came in the chat, too, by the way, too. I just love seeing everybody come through. Um, they'll send me messages, and I try to see them all, but it's just like, it's been good. You know, it's been good to see Christopher Hart uh, out here doing his thing, <laughs> you know, North America, of course. <laughs> Love you, bud. Yeah, it's just good to see everybody in the chat, man. I love talking about gaming and stuff, and uh, it, it helps me take my mind off a lot of stuff that I'm going through in my personal life. So it is what it is, man. Game on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Some uh, nice words there, Mega. Moving on down the list, Eric Shockley. Fantastic show, brother. Where can everybody follow you? Oh, yeah, you can follow me at ShockNero on Twitter, EasyShock on Xbox Live. Yeah, thanks for our guest, Dreadpool, stopping by in three more weeks. Three more weeks. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, the clock's ticking, guys. It's uh, less than a month away. I'm pretty damn excited. And I know who else is excited here. The Xbox Warrior, Tim Dog, buddy. Awesome show, as always. Love the input. Where can everybody follow you at? You can follow me, the warrior, at uh, Twitter, xcloud, timdog. Um, but uh, 
happy to be here. Dread, dreadful, excellent job. Uh, and great job tonight. Uh, a lot of people showed up, and thanks for everyone who's showing up on a Sunday night. It was a great show, talking about a lot of good stuff. And uh, I'll turn, take it back to the warrior known as Invader. Hey, Tim, Tim, yeah. tell me the truth. Tell me the truth right now, Tim. Have you been drinking? No. <laughs> I'm very tired. I, I want to be honest. I'm very tired. I right. I had the last couple of two days. I've been, um, I would say six hours, seven hours sleep. Um, because I was, uh, I was, I was babysitting my my nephews who try to get out of the, they. I think they try to get out of the house at like three in the morning. Um, so I had to keep a close eye on them. Um, so basically, literally six hours and two days. So I'm kind of shot right now, to, to be honest. How old are they? Well, Tom, Tom, sixteen, and the other one's thirteen. With the six-year-old, oh, no, uh, they're about that age. Got a whole still the car. Like that's what type of guy he is. He's like he'll take the car to go see his girlfriend, and like <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's that's in my house. They lose their legs. Yeah, I know. That's that. He doesn't care though. This kid's crazy. But uh, yeah, no, um, we already got caught once, but. That's the reason why I had to to watch them was because they didn't have anybody. They knew that that they wouldn't get it. But you know, I stayed up and I just I sleep in somebody else's house. I don't know if you guys. I, I can't do it. It's just impossible. It's horrible. Like I can only sleep well, really, in my own house. Or if I'm on vacation, obviously, you sleep in a hotel and stuff like that. Yeah. But like you can sleep in. A Somebody else's house. I don't know. I, I was sleeping on the couch, and I just, you know, I watched some crazy movie last night, uh, Young Cannibals, and yeah, it's just been a rough weekend. That's why my voice is probably hoarse. She mm. watched uh, Camp Sleepaway. Very white sound, there, so, like where they just start singing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Then> you drop. <laughs> Watch some uh, Hereditary before you go to bed next time. Damn. No, that that girl, the little girl, she needs to be put she's, she's evil. Someone Scared. said someone said that poll was uh twenty twenty and the girl was uh... <laughs> Oh my god. Oh no. I know what you're talking about. Someone Sean. made a meme of it and I lost it when I saw it. Uh, uh too funny, Tim, too funny. Well, uh moving on down the list, Jeremy brother. <laughs> Uh, what's up man what's up all right canadian you can find me on xbox um xbox uh it's downer my cat is walking across my keyboard we got to end this she's sitting on my keyboard (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh uh you can also find me on twatter it's gonna be lone master who 07 um you can find me there but i warn you do not Follow my tweets. Don't even follow me, actually. So, <laughs> nah, I don't know about that. Some great entertainment there. Um, all right, and finally we got Centurion Pal. Uh, some pretty good insight tonight. Where can everybody find you at? Dang, how could I? How can I follow up the guy that screams? Don't follow me. <laughs> <laughs> follow me. 
Well, for those out there that are looking to follow somebody, I will warn you, my world is a little bit twisted. I'm over here every Sunday night sharing my twisted world with these guys. But if you do want to follow me, be sure to find me on Twitter, YouTube, and Xbox Live at Centurion1307. And again, I kick it with them every Sunday night right here on the TXR podcast. And I also help annoy the guys over on the shop podcast with PTK Blam and the rest of the crew. And uh, yeah, it's about it. Um, I'm hopefully going to have some content come out tomorrow morning uh, as long as things go according to plan tonight. And hopefully get some more gaming in. Who said what? Sweet. Oh, sweet. Nice. Sweet. (laughs) All right, guys. And to close us off, I'm Invader. You guys can follow my content on YouTube over at Invader Gaming. And, of course, I'm always active on Twitter at Invader underscore Y986. Great show tonight, fellas. And we cannot wait to see you all here next Sunday. Have a good one, guys. Stay safe and take it easy.